Greetings, and thank you for joining us for the third episode of DC Animation with Spencer and Friends. This is an LMG Podcast production. Today, I am joined by a dear friend, and I'm going to let my friend introduce herself. Hello, I am Dr. Tabby. I'm a lifelong Batman fan, but unlike my title, I'm not an even villain yet. But I'm just very excited to speak about one of the Batman animations, and I'm excited that there's a lot more to watch as well. Yes, yes, I love it. Um, that actually brings me to my next question. Dr. Tabby, can you tell me um, about your DC consumption? Uh, comic books, movies, TV shows, video games, what do you what is, what do you DC? What do you what DC are you taking in? I grew up mostly with Batman. There wasn't a lot of actual hard copy comic books around when I was growing up. So my first introduction was the animated series in the 90s. Holds a very, very dear place in my heart. So that was it. And then the Batman movies, the Tim Burton one, the one through the 90s, Mr. Freeze. And later I got into the comics as I moved and was able to get my hands on them. And then, of course, the video games, the Arkham Asylum games were amazing. Uh, game of the year. Yes. So, um, okay, okay. Uh, so a Batman fan indeed. Uh, there are more Batman movies uh, to come. So it sounds like uh, I will definitely have somebody interested in being on those. Definitely. Um, so, I appreciate you for joining us on this journey through DC Animation. Today's film is Batman Gotham Knight, uh, released July 8th, 2008. That's my birthday. Uh, this comic book, or the comic book adaptation that this kind of pulls from, the only one that I was able to find anyway was uh, The Batman Nobody Knows, but you'll see why I don't think that there was very much otherwise here shortly. I'll read a synopsis in my own words of what I thought I saw, and then we will talk about it. So, um, this film is divided into six animation segments. In the first, we open with some youths at a skate park recounting their experiences seeing Batman. We see one youth recall that Batman was a living shadow-type creature. Another recalls Batman as a winged human bat hybrid uh, a man bat if you will um, a third youth recalls a robot suddenly batman and a mysterious villain show up at the skate park and the villain is about to kill batman but the fourth youth knocks him out and batman is able to subdue him says thank you and disappears with the villain captured in the second segment we see detectives alan and ramirez talking to james gordon about batman who has dropped off a known criminal to Jim's office. Uh, the detectives are given the assignment to transport the criminal, and Detective Allen says to Jim that he does not trust Batman. And Jim is like, oh, you will. Don't worry. Uh, they take the criminal to an island asylum. After drop-off, the detectives find themselves in the middle of a gang shootout because uh, between uh, Maroney and the Russians. 
Detective Allen is about to get RPG'd, but Batman comes and saves the day, saves him right on time, and then Batman, of course, starts going to work. Uh, Maroney is about to kill Detective Ramirez, but Batman stops him, uh, compliments the detectives, and disappears. In the third segment, Lucius Fox is showing Batman some new bulletproof tech. Then Batman attends a golf match with a rich dude trying to gentrify, pretty much. Um, Bruce steals his phone, and then we see Maroney on a boat. Batman remote controls the boat and runs it into a Russian boat. Uh, they prepare for a shootout, and then Batman lands, and he starts you know, going to work and they start shooting at him. Luckily, the bulletproof tech is successful. Then Batman starts going to work on both sides, on both boats. Um, one of the henchmen is accidentally shot because the tech bounced the bullet off of Batman. So he takes the henchman to the hospital. Batman then decides not to use the bulletproof tech because he doesn't want to put anyone else's life in danger. In the fourth segment, a church congregation starts hallucinating, and Detective Allen, Ramirez, and Gordon are investigating. Jim meets with Batman, and they are pretty sure Scarecrow's behind it. Uh, they also hear of a lizard man, and Batman is going to look for things on that front. Bruce goes underground looking for Killer Croc. Scarecrow attacks Batman, and... Or, I'm sorry, not Scarecrow, Killer Croc, attacks Batman and bites him, infecting him with the fear toxin. Batman is able to win the battle, but he's still affected by the toxin. Uh, Batman does find Scarecrow, who has abducted the Cardinal, defeats the army that is down there, and pretty much blows up the sewer to get out and escape with the Cardinal. In the fifth segment, a man is trying to escape a terrifying Batman who has been shot. We are then taken to a flashback of Bruce Wayne volunteering uh, at the relief effort. We are taken back to an injured Bruce trying to survive. Another flashback takes us to Bruce in the Middle East, uh, and he's training to learn pain management. He meets a woman named Cassandra who shows him her ways. Uh, she explains that her path was a difficult one because women are just treated terribly. Uh, she is attacked and Bruce, you know, does what he does. He starts going to work. She sends Bruce away and tells him that she does not have the necessary skills to help him through the pain with which he is dealing. Alfred then finds Bruce in our time um, holding a pile of guns. In the sixth segment, Bruce is living through the flashback of his parents' murder. We then see a man assembling a firearm. Bruce is expressing that he could never use a gun, but he understands the appeal. Uh, we see Deadshot on a Ferris wheel executing a long-range hit. The next hit is Jim Gordon. Uh, of course, Batman is having Alfred... Uh, use a satellite to find it shot and uh batman is on patrol alfred notices a train which would give deadshot the perfect opportunity to satisfy the hit luckily batman is able to intercept the bullet deadshot and batman get to go on the top of the train batman gets the upper hand and deadshot then starts snitching on the russians uh he is convicted we see the bat symbol in the sky credits Dr. Stabby, what do you think of the movie? 
I didn't realize it was broken up into six segments like this until you told me, but I kind of like it. They were like portrait snapshots of certain points in time. So I thought it was an interesting way to present that. Mm -hmm. And I will say the first time I watched this, uh, the first segment almost turned me off completely um, because I also didn't know it was in segments. So when I saw the first segment, I was like, I'm not watching this nonsense. Like this is this is not what I signed up for because when I look when I see the animation for the first segment and then I look at like the cover, I'm like, those are not the same. What's going on here? And that's actually what prompted me to continue watching it because I was like, when am I gonna see the Batman on the cover? Because uh that's not him. And so luckily I kept watching it because initially I was I was ready to turn it off. I was like, this is this is not what I came here for. I agree. That's my exact reaction to the first one. And I felt like to me, the art style, it reminded me of like the old Sesame Street where you have like the little guy running around with the pencil in the art studio. I was like, this is not Batman. Yeah, like it felt crude almost. And, you know, that's fine. But it was it was like if a child tried to do Studio Ghibli, like that's what it felt like. Like it it. It felt like a poor man's Studio Ghibli <laughs> art style, the first one. And the thing about the first one, though, um, that's the one comic book that I can say I was able to find that kind of happened here. Because in The Batman That Nobody Knows, Bruce takes some youths on a camping trip, I believe, and they kind of recount what they think Batman is. And in the actual story where that happens, uh, Bruce, you know, actually puts on the suit and is like, hey, I'm Batman. And the kids are just like, heh, that's funny. So they thought that he was just doing a bit, pretty much. Like, they thought he was just trying to entertain them as Batman, when in fact, that's actually Batman. But um, that's one of those things that I love is because it not only like talks, it, it not only speaks to the imagination that children have, but it also just speaks to how flawed human memory and perception is because I'm sure that there are grown people that would have sworn that Batman was not human if they had seen him doing things. And they probably would have had those three like interpretations of it as well. He's a shadow. He's a robot. He's a monster. Yeah. Because there's no way a human man could do the things Batman's doing. So obviously he's got to be something else. Now, I do like that all three of the things that we saw did pay homage to something. Um, we have the Living Shadow, where I think it pays homage to Batman and Dracula, because they're, I believe, I don't know if it's Batman versus Dracula specifically, but there is a comic book where Batman is kind of turned into a vampire, and so I think that this was paying homage to that. Um, of course, we know Man-Bat. Um, and a lot of people know Man Bat from Batman the Animated Series because Man Bat was the first episode. So I remember that one. Yeah, so they pay homage to Man Bat. And then I think that the robot was a very loose homage, but um, one of Superman's earliest, like super early abilities was, you know, leaping tall buildings in a single bound. And that is very specifically what we watched this robot do. And so that's what I got out of that. 
Um, if it was some, and and I think the reason it was a robot is because later uh, we will be discussing um, a cyborg Superman that we do see, and so I think I think that was the connection. That's the connection that I like put together in my head. I don't know if that's what they were going for, but that's kind of what I just decided was that it was a Superman nod with it being a robot to cyborg Superman and then leaping tall buildings in a single bound being something that was, you know, a thing Superman was known for back in the day. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's just what I'm thinking. I could have just made that up, but, or I could have just decided in my head, like I have to connect this to something. (laughs) So maybe I'm trying too hard, but that's, that's what I saw with that um so one of the things that i read about this movie was that it is unofficially based on christian bale's batman so as far as i understand this is the dark knight batman and this is between batman begins and the dark knight so he this batman has not dealt with the joker yet um but this is him batmaning between batman begins and the dark knight um so you know that's interesting um i like that there was some kind of continuation for that because for a lot of people the dark knight is regarded as the greatest superhero movie to have ever been made um a lot of people regard it as the batman like they're they're batman um i would say as far as live action goes the dark knight is the best one uh so far that we've gotten i would agree yeah i would definitely say that yeah the best movie um hot take my favorite live action batman has actually been affleck but uh yeah. I like him, especially as an older Batman. I, I was a little iffy at first, but now I'm a big fan of, of Batfleck. Yeah, and uh, I hope that we get to see him do some things uh, moving forward. But, um, yeah, so what... Um, did you have a favorite segment? I would say my favorite segment was definitely the the working through the pain one, the fifth one, where mm-hmm. he's flashing back because I love anything that shows that time between after his parents died and we see him established as Batman. Because, you know, Batman doesn't have superpowers. He doesn't just have abilities. He has to go places and train to be Batman. So I love to see any of where he gets all of these skills and um, attributes that he uses later as Batman. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, Another question that I usually ask is how do you feel about the animation style that they chose? And we have a bunch of different options. Um, Are you, are you an anime fan, Dr. Tabby? I am not. I, I did really enjoy Cowboy Bebop for, but for the most part, the art style just really isn't my thing. Okay, so then that brings me to the question, how did you feel about the art style for this? Because it was very anime. Yes, and I feel like some segments more than the others. Like the first, like you mentioned, was crude. And then there was a couple of them, like the second one, for sure. 
that I felt I liked a little bit better, they were darker. And that might just be because I loved the animated series so much. And it was a very dark animation. Mm-hmm. There was one or two of them that I'm like, oh, there's bright colors. There's too much light. This is not emo. This is not Batman. Okay. All right. Yeah, because they were they were pretty distinctly different. Um, I think that the second one may have been my favorite. Uh kind of for the same reason. Like the second one felt very Batman. And yeah. if if Batman was gonna be an anime, like that's what I would expect. Um and it was yeah, it was it was appropriate, I feel like. And it's good that that one came directly behind the first one. It kept Before. me going. Yeah, same. So um, I'm really glad that that happened. Um, did it feel like it was telling one story or did it feel like separate stories? I felt like there were like little vague threads, but not sequentially. So like the first one where the kid is saying, you know, oh, everyone knows Batman doesn't kill people, um, you know, and then the mention of the guns in the, I believe, the fourth the fourth or the fifth one, and then you ended on Deadshot with the guns where you have Bruce Wayne stating, I don't use them, but I understand them. So I felt like there was a little bit of, okay, Batman has rules. He doesn't kill. He doesn't want to wear that bullet deflector because it might kill someone else, and he doesn't use guns. Yeah, and I I will say yeah, this was very, um, like you, you saying that made me realize like this was very gun heavy. Like I I guess it didn't occur to me how integral guns were to this movie, because there's mention or reference of guns throughout. Um, because in the second one there's a shootout. Um, mm-hmm. in the third one. That's when we see the bulletproof tech. Um, in the fourth one, and the or I guess the fifth one is where he finds all of the guns, and then we end with Deadshot. So, yeah, like there's it's very gun heavy, and um, I'm just that's just now occurring to me. It is, and in the fifth one, it ends with you know Alfred's like, "Hey, let me get you out of the sewer. You're injured and laying on trash," and he has this armful of guns, and he looks traumatized, and he's like, "I can't." Yeah. And his parents being shot would, you know, lend itself to, oh, I see why he's got this weird thing about guns, because a lot of people have their feelings about guns in general. But um, the fact that Batman's parents were shot and he saw it happen. And then, you know, his and that could be why he doesn't use guns specifically, because you know, his parents got shot and also the whole not killing thing. But, you know, you could rubber bullet your way through that because he throws shurikens and will fuck somebody up. But, yeah. Um, could, with, with this whole the theory of, like, he won't kill you, but you're surprised what you can live through, I feel. Yeah. Because uh, he, he maims. And, yeah, like, he will break your legs. And or he'll just drop you off a building. You won't die, but it's gonna you're gonna feel it. Like he <laughs> he keeps the hospitals full. And I'm sure that you know Bruce Wayne has money invested in the hospital. I was uh, just thinking about that. I was like, I wonder if he's on their board still or something. Oh, I'm sure. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. Um 
because that's that's what you do. So and his dad was a was a doctor and involved in medical, so that would make sense. He'd be involved too. It, yes. And uh when he was with the relief effort, uh I'm sure he was learning how to handle and deal with people who have traumatic injuries. So yeah, like he's he's in there. I'm sure he's on the hospital's board. And again, he keeps those sure. things full. So uh he's got to be on the Arkham board as well because he's sending people there. <laughs> but you know, privately owned prisons is a conversation for another time. <laughs> anyway, um yeah, I I enjoy anime and so for the most part, uh I did like the animation. I will say in the I think it was the third one where Bruce is um golfing. It's weird seeing Bruce Wayne in an anime style because I was like he because usually anime characters, depending on the style, they look young or whatever. And whenever they go kind of looser instead of sharper with the drawing and it took me a minute to realize that that was Bruce because he looked so young and like almost so small and I guess it look small yeah like and I'm used to seeing Bruce be like heavier and drawn sharper if you will um having a little more shoulder you know and so <laughs> it um get those I, traps going yeah because I was like is that Bruce it, it's gotta be Bruce but it doesn't look like him and if kevin is voicing him kevin's talking a little high right now he did sound different but i was wondering if he's trying to do like that's the bruce wayne voice versus like the batman voice that was what i assumed was yeah that was that was the bruce wayne voice because he was because usually when i see kevin conroy as bruce or batman it's the same but right. in in this there was a difference like he and I didn't know if he was going for a younger Bruce, but I was like, well, that can't be the case because this is one story. So this right. this isn't the past. And so I think that's just his Bruce voice. And that makes sense if we're thinking about this being the Nolan Batman, because when he's Bruce and when he's Batman, he does not sound the same. Right, because to me that makes sense because hearing someone speak, I feel like it would be easy for someone to figure out who's Batman if they know Bruce Wayne like well. Exactly. So yeah, like if if I heard Bruce Wayne talk and then I heard Batman talk, I'd be like, hey. <laughs> uh, same with like Clark Kent and Superman, even though the glasses are just absurd. It's like you have the same <laughs> face, but all right. Uh, yeah, I'd be like, hey. You sound like this guy I know. Like Superman, did you forget your contacts today? Yeah. It's, I I think that's just, you know, we just have to get past it because it was written back in the 30s. And so we just have to make peace with that's what it was. And that's fine. But anyway, um Okay, we saw a number of villains here. Uh, did you have a favorite? Was there anybody that you had never seen before? Anybody that you were introduced to? Anybody whose portrayal you liked or didn't like? Uh, what did What did you think about the villains we saw? 
Uh, I really liked seeing Deadshot just because I like him as a villain. His ability is really, really cool. And I hadn't seen him much except for other than the Suicide Squad. But I I enjoyed that he had like a whole segment dedicated to him, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Deadshot is one of those things that's weird to me because in my head, Deadshot is closer to Deathstroke than he's portrayed usually because when I think of Deadshot like in my head I think of somebody who can use of course any firearm but also has a deep voice and can do hand to hand and you know has all of the skills but usually whenever I see Deadshot his voice is higher than I want it to be and in this he was kind of a bitch <laughs> like he got bitched and i'm not saying that getting bitched by batman is just an anomaly because batman bitches people all the time but like he got bitched and uh i was like that's not what i expected from Deadshot. like i didn't expect batman to get close to him and he'd just be like i don't know how to fight i'm useless now you're too close it was the russians I was like, <laughs> you should have at least thrown a punch or something but okay hey. I agree. I guess I just I just assumed Deadshot was more I guess less bitchly. I don't know. Um <laughs> in my head he just yeah, and he also had like I didn't like his voice. Not that the voice actor did a bad job, but that's not what I wanted Deadshot to sound like. Right, it's not what's in your head. Yeah, and I don't know why like there's no reason for that because I don't have like a preconceived like for Batman, I hear Kevin Conroy. And if I don't hear Kevin Conroy, there are there are specific situations when I don't hear Kevin Conroy. Like I know that whenever I'm watching like Batman Brave and the Bold, like I know that that's going to be Haas Delgado voicing Batman and that's fine. But uh, and whenever I'm watching you know, some of the other things that Batman is in, like there are some voices I'm used to that aren't Kevin, but like Kevin is my Batman. That's Batman to me always. Yeah. And so sometimes it takes me some getting used to when it's not Kevin. And sometimes it's actually really good, but other times it's like, that's not what I wanted. And <laughs> I said all of that to say for Deadshot, I don't have that. But this is not what I thought I was going to get when I heard Deadshot. And, I mean, I guess that's fine. Uh, I think that his voice fit the character that he was. And so it was well done. And I, I think that I was just, like, nitpicky and in my own head about it. And this is why I discussed the problem with expectations. Um, because expectations can determine how you feel about something and it have more weight than it should. Because right. if you're told something is going to be spectacular, if you're told it's going to be the greatest thing that you've ever seen and it's pretty good, but it's not the greatest thing that you've ever seen, you're going to be like, that was trash because I was told that it was supposed to be the greatest thing ever. And it wasn't. And if you go in thinking something is going to be terrible and it's just okay, then you're going to be like, that was pretty good because I expected it to be hot garbage and it wasn't. 
And so that's, I think that expectations and for no reason have influenced my relative dislike for Deadshot's portrayal. I'm not saying that it was a bad portrayal. I'm saying that I didn't like it or it wasn't for me. It wasn't what I wanted my Deadshot to be. I I think that I just wanted something else because he he was arrogant as Deadshot should be. Um right. He was very skilled as Deadshot should be. Um when it comes to having a firearm, but again, when Batman got close to him, he just folded. And I'm that like, that surprised me. Same. Like how it ended with his like, I thought like Batman was going to like trick him or something to like get to him, not kind of like run up and like use his gauntlets. Yeah, and uh, I agree. That's not how I thought that was going to go. I figured Batman was going to use a smoke bomb and be like, "Oh no, Deadshot can't see anymore," and then Batman would just pop up on him, uppercut, and like I thought that's how that would go. But Batman did not distort Deadshot's vision at all. He just ran at somebody with a gun, which was so weird to me. And, when they and they have Deadshot make fun of him for that earlier. Yeah, Deadshot says like, "No one has ever run toward me." Or this is a strange, uh, <laughs> this is a strange strategy you're going with, Batman. Uh, no one has ever run toward the man with the gun, but okay, that's fine. And for Deadshot, that's when you want the bulletproof tech. That's that's yeah. the, that's when you pull that out because you know exactly what Deadshot. You know you know his mo. You know what he's doing. So yeah, like that's a situation where I'd be like, you know what? I think I think today's the day that I go ahead and uh, and use this. Just no one stand around me. It will be fine. No deflections. Yeah, and based on where they were, like it was fine. So yeah, they were not trained. Yeah. And, you know, they were in a metal box. Like it was, it was, yeah. But, I mean, you know, Batman didn't know what the situation was going to be. So, yeah. I guess I understand not using the bulletproof tech. But, um, I did enjoy this. Um, Killer Croc was a surprise. Killer Croc is not somebody I thought we were going to see. Um, and we didn't see him for very long. Uh, it was very brief, but that's what I want from Killer Croc. Um, there have been some interpretations of Killer Croc that have been less good, but like that Killer Croc was terrifying. Straight and monster. Yeah, like he was big and he, like they said, he's a flesh eater. Like that's what he does. Um, and I, I was interesting. They were like, his mother didn't want him, so she threw him in the sewer. And whatever's down here made him strong. It's like, what an origin story. Right to the point. <laughs> Short, sweet. Yeah, like this. All right. Because uh, I I kind of wonder if the they were going to go with, like, there was some experimentation done on him. Or, you know, if Gotham's sewers are just so dank that that's actually what happened and also there were people just living down there i didn't i mean that was what that was who scarecrow was using as his army well the people that i mean the first people that batman saw like when he went down there and the guy who explained who uh killer croc was um those people were those scarecrow's army too 
I don't think so because, or at least they hadn't been dosed, so they weren't freaking out. But I think that's just who Scarecrow was like pulling from because he was he didn't want the homeless to be like taken care of. Yeah, because I uh, yeah, but I didn't. I guess I didn't understand why those people lived in the actual sewer. Like I never got that either. For because in X Men we have the Morlocks who live in the sewer, but them living in the sewer makes sense because they're physically different but these were just humans living in the sewer even in futurama uh those mutants live in the sewer because they're physically different and so that makes sense that people would like be repulsed by them and so they were driven to the sewer but for there to just be like human beings living in the sewer i i was a little confused by that i mean there was kind of some humans it was an animated series and i forget the villain's name he was only there once and he had the crocodiles and he had all the orphan kids living in the sewers and they would go above and steal but i don't think there was any kind of different kind of people i think they were just humans down there as well but it was all kids okay and that would make sense to me because in uh one of the tim burton's uh penguin lived in the sewer didn't he oh yeah he did and i mean that's a sidebar but that was another like he was physically different and so him living in the sewer i understand how you got yourself down there i get it um and with children it kind of makes sense because if there's you know an adult leader telling a bunch of children like hey this is what we're doing then you know they're kids they're gonna just do they don't know any better yeah and if they were a bunch of orphans or whatever like that yeah like i it's terrible, but like it makes more sense to me that children would be in that situation than adults, I guess. But I don't know. Um, I thought it was weird just because I didn't understand why they were in the sewer. And they were just people. And I think that's because normally when I see people in the sewer, they're not just people. They are. They got something else going on right right and they want to hide yeah because you know the surface world is going to be you know very terrible to them and perhaps that's what the situation was like maybe gotham uh treat maybe gotham is abusive toward the homeless and so they were like we need to not be visible to just everyone see that would make sense but i feel like i remember seeing homeless people in the dark knight series more so in uh the third movie i feel like there were homeless people whenever bane was doing stuff but also i could have just made that up i don't know i don't remember i need to rewatch those yeah i should have done homework for this uh with those movies but also i don't know how official the connection is so it's probably fine. I was surprised there was a connection because I feel like most of these kind of are standalones and not connected to any of the movies. I was surprised. Well, yeah, and especially the early ones. The early ones are most definitely standalones, and this is only the third one. And I think that just based on when it came out is probably why it was connected to this because, you know, uh, The Dark Knight came out in 2008. So... For this to be the what happens between Batman Begins and the Dark Knight around the time the Dark Knight came out, uh, that made sense to me. 
And that makes sense. I, mean, I, I didn't realize it was like the Dark Knight came out that long ago, or that it's been that long. Yeah, um, it's it's been a while because yeah, the Dark Knight Rises was 2012. I'm pretty sure. Wow. But yeah, um, I I think that this was pretty good, and uh, as you said, I like that it kind of filled in some gaps, and. I like that we got a couple of flashbacks to what some of the things that Bruce did to become Batman, like to actually become Batman. So that was interesting as well. Um, So on a scale of one to 10, what would you rate this movie? And see, I'm thinking about what you were saying about expectations. I personally went in with low expectations, and then they got a little bit lower after the first segment. Yes. <laughs> so they were like down there. But once I finished all of it, it was it was a pretty good trajectory for me, especially with like the fifth one. So I would probably say I would rate it a seven. I think. Yeah, I think I would say a solid seven. Okay, all right, okay. I can get behind that. Um, I'm leaning 6.5. And I say this, I, I mean, I've said this multiple times already, but like, the, it's it's early. Um, These get really good. And this one is not, like, this one's pretty good. Uh, once I gave it a chance, because like I said, I right. was ready to not give it a chance. So... I'm glad that I did. Um, it was pretty good, not spectacular, probably in the bottom half of all of these movies because we're we're about to step into some like really good like quality stuff, stuff that I'm like, I cannot wait to see it. Um, as a Batman fan, I will likely have you on some other Batman episodes. There are plenty of Batman movies. Um, there's one in particular that I know for sure I'm going to have you on. And I imagine you've already seen that movie, but it's, it's from, like, it's going to be a while before we get there. So I will probably have you on. Yeah, I, I may keep you. There are enough Batman movies where like you could just, you could just do Batman movies. (laughs) He's my favorite, my absolute favorite all time. Yeah, so, I mean, you, if you're taking this whole journey with us, then you'll see all of them, but as far as, you know, being on the episodes and reviews, uh, there are, uh, I I have some in mind for you uh, to be on, so, yeah, I think, uh, I think it'll be a good time. Sounds amazing, I can't wait, I'm excited to watch all of these in order. Yeah, because that's the thing, like, DC Animation, they know what they're doing. Generally speaking, now of course there are some misses, and we haven't even really hit a miss yet. We're still very early, and right. a lot of the early stuff is like you know not bad, not you know my favorite thing in the world, but not bad. But uh, it doesn't take long for us to get into some stuff that's like oh, that's really good. And then you know there are some things that are like you know, also not my favorite. You know, I think I would have. Uh, done something different, gone in a different direction, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I do think that on the next one that I have you on, um, because Kevin Conroy is your Batman, I'm going to have you on an episode 
that does not star Kevin Conroy as Batman. And we're going to see um, how you feel about it. Because I will say, for me, it there are some where it takes some getting used to. Like, I have to, like, power through the movie and be like, I yeah. just, you're not, you're not him. Um, there are <laughs> other ones where, like, I accept it pretty immediately. And I'm like, you know what? I, I can get behind this. R.I.P. to Kevin Conroy, one of the goats. Oh, definitely. Um, you will forever be in our hearts and the voice in our heads. Just know that. If Kevin Conroy dubbed over any live-action Batman movie, that'd be fine. I'd be okay with that. That would actually that would make it better. Yeah, I'd be I'd be perfectly okay with that. Um, so anyway, I had a good time watching this movie um like i said wasn't my favorite we're gonna get into some ones that you know are closer to my favorites um it should be a good time in the next episode we will be discussing wonder woman so until then salutations salutations